This is Erin Cooney. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Irish Dance Business Owners Podcast. Today, I am joined by Christy Doherty. She is the owner and director of Legacy School of Dance, and we're going to explore the topics of growing your adult and preschool programs, balancing family life with dance, and keeping your business organized. So welcome, Christy, to the podcast. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to dive into these topics. I think they're going to be so beneficial to everyone listening. So I'm just going to go straight ahead and ask you a little bit about your backstory, like how you got into Irish dance, how you got into teaching Irish dance. How did this school actually even happen? Yes, thank you. Yeah, I didn't find Irish dance until I was married and I already had two kids. I had a dance background of ballet and tap, but I instantly fell in love when I went to see river dance. And I started competing. Uh, well, actually, I, I went to a performance school. And then when I found out that adults could compete, then I went to a different school and competed for about six years. And I retired and became a teacher at the school that I was at. And then I became a partner with my business partner and then later bought the company from her. And so I competed under CLRG. And then when my school went to WIDA, then I competed with WIDA and then I was certified with them. And now I'm taking my certifications with CLRG. So you have figured out a way to grow some unique programs like your adults and your preschool programs specifically. So I'm super excited to hear how you were able to grow these programs at your Irish dance school. Yeah, I really had a vision for the preschool program and for my adults. And because I started as an adult, I'm really a proponent of adult dancers. And I had a vision for that. I still have a vision for that. In fact, in the future, I'd really like to have a performing adult group that's just all adults. And that's something that I look forward to. But in the meantime, I branded my preschool program. It's called Jiggity Jig. And I made a logo for it and I advertised for it. And I started out with one preschool program, ages three to six years old. And it grew to about 10 people or, you know, 10 preschoolers. And at the time I thought, well, okay, that's about as many as I like to have in a preschool class. So now what am I going to do? So I decided to start splitting it. So I split it and it was kind of a leap of faith because you don't know if you're going to be able to support another class. And I split it by age group. So I have three and four-year-olds in one class and five and six-year-olds in another. And then later we added uh, what we call a wee ones class, which is for, it's like a parent and me class for two-year-olds. And what I found from that program and was able to use later as I advanced my adult program is that it kind of is like a plant that's outgrowing its pot. If you don't repot it and split it into pieces it will start to wither and die. So let's say I had just, if I had kept my preschool program at 10, then it never would have grown bigger. It would have stayed in that small pot. But because I was able to plant it into more than one pot, each pot grew. And now we have three five and six-year-old classes, one three and four-year-old class, and one class for two-year-olds and their parents. And so I've seen that grow exponentially. And we're getting ready to split our three and four-year-old class. And giving them names, like calling it something, calling it Jiggity Jig, giving it a logo, branding it with t-shirts and advertising gave it kind of a life of its own, you know, in that way. And we even broke it down. So we have wee ones, then my three and four-year-olds are tiny troubles and my five and six-year-olds are shamrocks. It kind of gives them a sense of community. 
Yeah, I love that. So I love that you've pinpointed that not only can you have a separate curriculum just for these little ones, but sometimes it's even better to break it up into even smaller groups. And I think it gave me the confidence too. Whereas before I just had this little, little preschool class, but now I'm like, we have a preschool program and it's developmental by age. And like, it gave me the confidence to say, you know, put myself out there for that. That's awesome. So how about your adults then? What does that look like? Yeah. So I started to notice that the same thing was happening, the same kind of uh, analogy with a plant that's starting to wither if you don't let it grow. And so we, we started out with one adult program and it would get pretty big. And then I would notice that I would have, cause we had all levels, right? You have people that have never danced before, and then you have champion level adults in the same class. And I found that especially the people in the middle, that were like intermediate level, were starting to drop off because they weren't getting the attention that they deserved. So I split the program into two classes. I had a beginner class and I had an advanced class and that was very beneficial, but we've gone even further and split it into three classes. So we have almost 30 adults right now. Currently we have a beginner adult and teen class. And that was really fantastic for our program because I always have these teenagers that come, and they, they really don't belong anywhere. I don't want to put them in the beginner class with the seven to 12 year olds. And I don't want to really put them in the adult class, but our beginner adult class is a great place for those teens to begin. And we've been very successful with that. And then sometimes they stay in our adult program. And sometimes if they're wanting to advance, they'll drop into our like novice prize winner you know, classes later on. And so we've seen that it's been a little bit difficult this year. We actually had, this is the first year we split it into three classes. And because of COVID, the social aspect amid the entire group is missing because they're in their own classes and they're not allowed to kind of overlap. So we're hoping that, you know, as things improve with COVID and the pandemic, that we'll be able to have that social aspect, uh, not just within their class, but within the whole program, which as you know, is very important to adults. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people have one or two teenagers trickle in where they really want to learn Irish dance and they're brand new to it. So that is a really great option for some of those teenagers that you want to be able to teach. Yes. absolutely. Cool. And one thing that I think might be helpful to note is that all in my, in our program, we, we also teach other forms of dance besides Irish, even though Irish is our main, but all of our adult beginner classes, they do not compete or perform because we found that when we just kind of expected them to, cause we all do that. And we found when we told them we were going to have a performance or a competition coming up, that they would drop very quickly. So that class, we don't require them to compete or perform, but if they choose to, we give them, you know, some outside instruction on how to do that. But that takes the pressure off of those adults that it's very vulnerable to come as an adult and be a beginner dancer of any kind. Yeah. Oh, I love that because as teachers, we can think of that in all of our classes, you know, is this class an ideal class to have them perform or compete? Or can this start as something where they're just learning it and getting their basics and building some confidence where there's no pressure, like you said, because mm-hmm. sometimes it can feel like pressure for some people. Next, I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about what balancing your family life and dance has looked like for you. As we shared earlier, you have five children. So I can imagine that balancing all of this and growing your school has been um, a challenge, but it looks like you have definitely found some things that have worked for you that might be helpful to share for others. 
Yes, it hasn't always been pretty. And as you know, balance means you're going up and down and always trying to find a new balance every day. But it's definitely better now. And, and yeah, I'd love to share some of the things that I learned if I can help anybody else that's struggling with that. Number one for me was hiring help. When I first purchased the studio, it was me. I was a one-woman show. I was doing everything. I was cleaning. I was teaching. I was choreographing. I was charging tuition. You know how that goes. So I did hire some teachers and I later hired a personal assistant. I now have five teachers. I have a office assistant and I have people who clean the studio. And then we recently just started a gear store for selling shoes and clothing in the studio. And I didn't even waste time with that. I just hired someone to do that from the beginning (laughs) because I knew I wouldn't be able to add that to my plate. So hiring help is huge. And it's, it's very scary. I didn't want to hand over say my preschool class because I was running it the way I wanted. And I didn't know if I could trust anyone else. And I was worried too, that the kids wouldn't know me that I would be someone strange to them and that I wouldn't be a part of their lives. And I'm glad to say that that has not happened. I'm still, I go into the classes for consistency and I see them all at the events and they know who I am and they know I care about them. And those teachers, because I share my vision with them, they are just, they're standing in for me. So they're doing, they're acting as me when I'm not there. And so that's been really important The second thing I think has been putting my family first. So for instance, when I make my schedule for the fall and put what classes are going to be when I have children who dance. So I have a 14 year old and a 12 year old, and then I teach classes myself. So when I do the schedule, that's the first thing I do is ask myself, when do I want to be at the studio? When do I want to teach? And when do I want my children's classes to be? And that might sound selfish a little bit, but it's, it's my studio. So in order for me to continue to thrive, I have to put myself first so that I don't get burned out. Mm-hmm. And then just setting boundaries. For instance, I don't hold any classes on Saturdays or Sundays because to me, I need to have that time for my family where I'm not doing dance related things. And I don't have any classes, regular classes that are held on Saturdays or Sundays. And my teachers don't have classes either. And that makes it a good flow for me. And of course, that's going to be different for everybody, but it's about setting those boundaries and also setting boundaries around your texting and email and the communications that you have with your families. If you respond to someone at 11 o'clock at night, they will continue to think that they can text you at 11 o'clock at night. So you have to set those boundaries of when you're going to respond and and, um, make that time for your family so you can be present when you are with them. Yeah. And I think everyone needs to hear this because the benefit of being a business owner, like you said, is that you can choose the schedule, you know, empower yourself to do that because it's something with employment you're not always able to do. And that is a huge benefit of being a business owner. And in that way, it's a great opportunity to be the mom that you want to be, right? You get to set those constraints and those boundaries around what your work day is going to look like and what those weekends look like. And I love that. And it helps you balance your life even more. And it helps the school because if you're not thriving, the school isn't thriving. Yes, totally. So I'd love for you to dive into what your organization strategy looks like, what system you use specifically, 
and how you structure the planning for your Irish dance school. Sure. And this, this actually relates back to what you were asking about balancing your family life and your studio life, because automating your systems and using software and apps to help run your business can save you so much time and energy. So I'll just talk about a couple of of the things that I use. I use DanceWorks for my studio software. I know there's several different kinds out there. This is the one that was being used when I became an owner of the studio. So it's the one that I kept using. So I don't know, you know, if it's better than others, but I do really like it. And it allows me to pay tuition with a click and everyone's automated. And I highly, highly recommend that you get on auto payments. That's the number one time saver, I think, that I use. Not having to, to run and track people down for payments. And so we use that. And I, I also am able to use DanceWorks, or you could use a similar program to send out batch emails to different groups of people. So a specific dance class, or like a group of people that are going to Eroctus, or the people that are going to be in my show, I can target them and send them a group email very easily and quickly. So that's really nice. And there's other benefits of that as well. But the other one I'd really like to focus on is Trello. And that's an app. It's a free app. And I highly recommend that you give it a try. It looks like a bulletin board with cards that are pinned to the board. And you can take them off and move them around. You can hand them to your office manager. Of course, this way it's virtually. But that's kind of what it looks like. And I use it for a variety of things. The thing I use it the most for is to communicate with my office assistant so that she and I aren't bugging each other every second of every day. So let's say somebody calls me and they say, so-and-so wants to be in this extra class on Wednesday nights. So instead of me texting my office manager and interrupting her day, I simply make a card. So I write a card in Trello. And I put it in there and she sees it on her own time and she makes the changes. And that eliminates a lot of the back and forth. And then everything's where there where you need it. On that same board with my office assistant, I have a listing of all of our dance teachers and the hours that they worked each month and the day that they started so I can keep track of when their year mark is coming up. Same with all my teacher assistants, how long they've been there. And when I make my schedule every year for fall, my physical schedule of what the studio hours will look like and what classes will be when, I do that in Trello because I can easily move them around with my finger, just like you would move those cards. And I'm a very visual person. I have to see it mm-hmm. down on paper and or on the app. And so just seeing what that looks like. And because we have so many classes now, I used to be able just to rattle off the dates and times. But as soon as someone calls me and asks if they can come and take a trial class, I pull that up immediately. And then I can tell them what date and time because I don't always have that in my head anymore. So it just gives me a visual representation of that. I also use Trello for organizing summer camps, organizing the performances that our elite performance troupe um, does, and just anything that you could collaborate with someone because some of the cool features of Trello is that you can communicate with other teachers or other assistants, and you can talk back and forth and comment on them. A lifesaver for me is keeping track of new and potential students. So I have actually a uh, video that I made that's on YouTube. And if you'd like, maybe Erin, you could link to that. And it just kind of gives you a visual idea of what you can do with that. 
in Trello. That would be wonderful. I think like all of the organization tips that you were just suggesting, like how many different things you can do in this tool and it's free. It's so nice because it has reminders. You can set reminders. You can set due dates because I don't know about you, but at the beginning of fall, when you have so many people that are asking if they can come take classes very quickly, I lose track of who said what and who's going to be where and who wants to come this week and who wants to come next week. And so you can set a due date. And when I see that pop up on my phone, I just simply send them a text and say, Hey, we're excited for you to come or get that information to my assistant. Yeah. And I love that you talked about automating the payments. I know that a lot of Irish dance teachers and Irish dance schools don't have a way to automate that process. And I found that for myself that the minute I actually did it, it was just like, wow, that has saved me hours and hours and just a lot less busy work. And I know people get a little concerned about the fees that are involved with processing payments online. But I think when you save yourself like one to two hours or three hours that you start looking at that in a different way, right? Because then you can just, you can be very excited that you're not going to be doing all this extra busy work on the back end. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It just frees you up so that you can grow the business. And honestly, you know, I've heard a lot of people that worry about the fees, but it gives back to you tenfold. So if you're worried about that, definitely take the plunge. I learned so much and I think this is going to benefit so many Irish dance teachers. All of these tips are very, very helpful. Thank you, Christy. Thank you for having me.